All right, everybody, welcome back to the Agents of Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul. And I'm Eric. That's right. We're back here starting a new series here. We're going into the uh, the new show that just uh, came out on Netflix, Sweet Tooth, based on the uh, Jeff Lemire comic. So that's what we're going into this week. Um, we just got done doing a four-part Star Wars episode, so go back and watch that if you're interested in some Dr. Afro business. Yeah, it was a good haul. Indeed. Um, but we're moving on to some new stuff. Uh, you may have also noticed that the podcast is moving to a, uh, a bi-weekly schedule just every other week, at least for now, just because yeah. at, le- at least my schedule in my day job is bananas. I'm even getting off of a shift... A shift uh, from earlier today that I am already at ten percent power. So I'm yeah, same here. Powering through it. <laughs> well, so. yeah, we're powering through. We're we're here for you. We're we're getting <laughs> these episodes out. Uh, we're starting today uh, with Sweet Tooth. We're going to be doing Volume One of the Jeff Lemire comic, and then the whole season, uh, or sorry, the half the first season of um, Sweet Tooth, and then yeah. covering the rest next episode. Yeah, because um, I I only have a couple episodes left. Paul finished it, but we realized yeah. where it gets in the the first season is pretty short into the book as far as like key points as far as pacing yeah i think the show jumped ahead on some plot lines but then also really slowed down the whole sweet tooth and jeopard plot line a lot to match that yeah i feel like they definitely oh for sure i I feel like it's for the better because yeah they definitely seems like they want to wait to like reveal the bigger stuff about jeopard some of those faster paced like indie comic book shows might do that because it's uh preacher did the same thing where they like toned down the pace way back to do more setup initially yeah yeah just because i feel like comic books have a really like breakneck pace where you can just like keep going and going and going and just, oh like, yeah blow past shit but tv i don't think you could do that as easily yeah especially you have when more time so you might sure. as well like, yeah, take totally. your time with it so i think that's the difference absolutely yeah um but we will get into that um so i think the plan for this month is to do uh sweet tooth this week Obviously, in a couple of weeks, we'll do our Sweet Tooth Part 2. That'll conclude our Sweet Tooth coverage mm-hmm. uh, for the time being. Um, after that, we can do Loki. I think that'll. I think we can get that done in one episode, maybe two. It'll It'll depend on the comic book we choose. How far into that is it right now? Uh, we There's two episodes. I have not watched episode two. I've only watched episode okay. one. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but episode one was okay. It, it was a little boring, but they're setting up interesting things, so yeah, I'll take it. I'm optimistic. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, t- I'll, I'll see what we get, but we'll see what we, when we get there. But uh, yeah. That'll be what we'll discuss in a in a few weeks, uh, the Loki show, and then we have. To, I think we're going to do Journey into Mystery. That's just my vote. Um, there's like a there's a bunch of really good yeah, Loki you would comics. Know. Well, here's the thing: is there's a bunch of really good. You can let me know what you think too. I'll tell you how how I, I view these. There's a bunch of really good Loki comics very recently that it seems like this show is going to draw from. Okay. It basically, it was a whole saga from the realm of it started out when they killed the old version of Loki, like the 70s, 80s version of Loki that was super popular. The the you know, <laughs> the mustache twirling villain. Yeah, yeah. They for killed sure. him off officially. <laughs> like that character died, died, and then uh, Loki was reborn as a kid. It was kid Loki that started out as like the kid Loki. Yeah, saga. I think I've yeah. seen some of that. Yeah. Right. So it was that for a little while, and then he like. Like got his, you know, he became like the regular Loki again around the time the MCU really kicked off. They had to do that anyway, but yeah. the character stayed the same. Gotcha. Like these whole new things he learned about himself, he kind of uh, became like an anti-hero kind of character. Okay. Um. So it, there's the journey into mystery, which is the start of Loki being like a reborn and kind of learning these things. I think that's probably where we should start because I feel like that's where they're going to draw the most influence from. It seems like a good spot. Then yeah, we could do as this. Far as the and it's written by Kieran Gillen, who we just oh, got yeah. done reading from, so yep. it would be an easy transition. I'm into that. Um, we could also do. There is another book, and this could also be something we get to if they do more Loki stuff, which is the Al Ewing book, Agents of Asgard. Oh. 
Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, for sure. Which would also be very good. It's basically Loki just doing, like, high shit and random-ass stuff, like, with his, like, old self. Oh, It sick. ties into that Kieran Gillen run is the only thing. Like, it okay. calls back to it. Gotcha. So if you wanted to do a perfect reading of everything in reading order, you would do it that way. But, okay. I mean, it's comic books. You can skip around a lot, and you're fine. Yeah, so for sure. So that's the thing. Okay, yeah, we can figure it out. Yeah, we got a we couple, got a couple weeks, weeks to decide, but that that's where we're at. And if you want to decide as a listener, too, if you want to, like, if there's a book in between those two that you'd much rather we'd, like, talk about and, like, review on the podcast, let us know on Twitter over at Agents of Podcast, and you can let us know, because if literally anybody tells us they have a preference, that's already better than where we're going now. <laughs> yeah. So. Just toss, toss something in the head. Yeah, man, by, by all means, you might be the one person who decides what we do. So. Oh, yeah. That is the plan. We're going to do some Sweet Tooth this week, next week, then do some Loki stuff, and then uh, who knows? The Black Widow might be out by then. We'll see how that yeah, is. Yeah, that's July. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess I'm going to have to pay $30 to watch that, cause I, or should we go to a theater? We're both vaccinated. I'm not. Theaters, I, yeah, I, I really will. We'll see. I have a huge edge to get to a theater, but there's just not anything really. Is that the movie to go back to a theater for? Black Widow? <sighs> that's the thing. I don't know. Like, I've, if I've been like, trying to find like cool showings of like old movies but they're i haven't if found it was like dune good. or some shit where it was like here we go oh i'm definitely seeing dune in this October. is the movie to come back to a theater for yeah for sure <laughs> but yeah no i'd i'd oh no actually i think uh green knight comes out before green that. knight okay that, see that. that's fair that yeah. movie looks really fucking good i would so definitely see that in theaters. that would be a good a good pick but yeah that's either end of june or end of july but that's the thing is like i think i've grown accustomed to this whole movies coming to me thing at least yeah. for a movie that I'm not that hyped exactly, about, like Black yeah. Widow. Yeah, Black Widow is the perfect movie where I'm like, do I want to go to a theater for this? Nah. But then again, at, if it is going to be a $30 streaming, then That's going to fair. the theater is cheaper. You would need at least three people or more to make it worth being less than a, a movie oh, ticket. Oh, true, yeah, if you yeah. split it. Because if you're, if you're watching it with four people, it's less. At yeah. least where I'm from, movie tickets are $10. They were anyway. At I don't least know what they're going to be now. 12 so. 13 yeah. yeah, it's probably a little bit higher, too. Um, But that's the deal. So, I mean, either way, we're going to review it on the podcast. For that one, I think we're going to do the Mark Wade book. There's a really good uh, Mark Wade Samney Black Widow book that goes for 12 issues. Uh, Chris Samney is one of the best working comic book artists who doesn't do enough books, but... I've definitely heard that name. Yeah, so it's uh, it's it, that'll be a good one to review. I think when we get to that, at least it'll give us something good to watch because I don't know if that movie's going to be what we're looking for. But yeah, the silver lining Hopefully. will be that Scarlett Johansson will be gone and we'll get Florence Pugh instead. True that. That'll be a silver lining because yeah. I'm guessing she's going to be the new Black Widow. I would assume. I would have. Yeah, to they're assume. not just going to one and done her. Because why else would you do this movie after she's dead unless yeah. you're setting up something new? Totally. There's no otherwise it's like dead money. Yeah. There's no way like, they would do that. Oh, yeah. we need a new Black Widow. Right, exactly. That's what do what you know? Be. Here she is. She's gonna be. Like, I've been in hiding this whole time. I guess <laughs> yeah. you need what me. What the now. hell have you been up to? <laughs> All this shit going on? Thanos, not important. <laughs> <laughs> I was just hanging out. Uh, yes, but that is the plan. Uh, but without further ado, we will be getting into. I mean, as I grab my tablet, our <laughs> sweet tooth stiff. Um, like we talked about, uh, the comic book has a weird pacing, so our coverage of this is going to be interesting. When we the last time we got into a situation like this was Lock and Key. Yeah, Lock and Key paced it a lot more close to the book. Definitely, where yeah. that made it easier to kind of like be like, oh, that's where they got. That's they got three volumes in done. Yep. This book is going to be harder because as far as Gus and Jeopard's story, the two main characters, like with 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 a bullet, like those are the two main characters. Yeah. Their story doesn't go very far in the show. But they set up two other characters, three other characters who are going to be actually a lot of other characters who are going to be <laughs> really important moving forward. Okay, who like they set up because like Wendy and Bobby yep. and uh, and Sing and uh, and even um, oh uh, Abbott, uh, General Abbott. Like those are all characters who in Volume One and Two aren't that big. Abbott maybe, but the yeah, rest of the them, end. but the rest of them. Don't really come up for a while. No. But they're setting the, the groundwork early on, which I like. Yeah. Because I yeah. wasn't expecting to see Bobby in season one, but here we are. I know, right? Which is awesome. Yeah, there's an early 
issue or maybe second volume with like the this Bobby's the, second the Dr. volume Dr. Singh issue yep. too and, and Singh yeah like his notes yeah they're both second volume okay so that's where we'll get next week we'll we'll get into that finally um where we start the comic book here let me get the creative team out there um Jeff Lemire actually does the writing and the penciling um this is one of those artist uh, writer combos um, Jeff Lemire doesn't do art very often. This is like one of their like private kind of like projects, and it worked yeah. out super super well. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, um, because it's got like a very like kind of like rough style at first, which like takes some getting used to. But once you, once you get used to it, it fits really 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 well with this book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just the, the kind of like post apocalyptic like creatures you've never seen before, like that kind of drawing. Yeah, like even all the hybrids, like the show kind of made them like a little more like cute. And a little <laughs> yeah, more, like, here we go. They couldn't make them like as gross looking. Yeah, and in Sweet Tooth at least. The way it's drawn i think it's very intentionally they're drawn like rough oh like, yeah these are definitely. like the first drafts of a new creature yeah because the yeah. the contrast between comic bobby and show bobby is a light years difference well, right because comic <laughs> book bobby is like a little bit nightmarish looking but it yeah. grows on you and you're like oh look at those teeth oh absolutely yeah <laughs> but yeah the first time you see him it's like wow that is an extremely hairy we're, we're, weird looking whereas like, the show dog. made him like a pixar character yeah, which is he, fine he's, but... he's basically <laughs> like paddington but smaller <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like as soon as they dress him up it's like oh there's paddington, oh, there's paddington. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, Paddington is higher reviewed than Citizen Kane, so maybe they're no, shooting for the fall? stars. Oh my god, you're right. Yeah, I history think it, was broken. Someone that finally day. gave it a negative review. That son of a bitch. <laughs> right, that guy is just a martyr. Literally the bad guy from Paddington. <laughs> right. Uh, but the comic book starts out pretty much where the show started out. I mean, granted they changed the pacing, but they keep pretty much all the plot points relatively the same. Yeah. Um, it starts out with Gus, you know, with his father, like, in the woods, like, being raised in this Nebraska kind of... They changed it to Yellowstone in the show, which, cool change. Oh, definitely. That, that's a really cool change, because, like, that'd be an awesome place to just hang out. Yeah, that's a, a little bit better than... Because, what is this, like, the Arkansas woods? Yeah, like, yeah. the Nebraska woods. Yeah. yeah. Like, go oh, cool. Sorry, Nebraska folks. Yeah, sorry. If you live in Nebraska, Nebraska, you know what I'm talking about. You have about. to admit, yellow. <laughs> you, I think anyone from there has to admit, Yellowstone is a little bit more scenic. Way more scenic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a hell of a lot more scenic than Wisconsin. If I'm taking so. a Netflix fucking multi million dollar crew out to film somewhere, I'm not going to Nebraska. I'm very sorry. Yeah. I'm going to Yellowstone. And I'm not going to Wisconsin either. No. So. I'm not trying not to totally hype up my none. own state. Yeah. <laughs> no one's filming here. No. But that's what, that's what I understand. I understand boring states. I oh, know. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it starts out with Gus in uh, this kind of like uh, fenced off community being raised by his father alone, like with this hybrid kid older than the other hybrids, um, raised by his father who is played a lot more kind of like an evangelical, uh, uh, I'm, I'm losing the word Evangelical. Now. Yeah, evangelical kind of like father. Yeah. Um, where he's just like, don't go outside the woods. You can't go. You'll be killed out there. You'll be smited by God. Yeah, the devil will get you. Yeah, so he's played a lot more that way, whereas in the show, he's much more of like a nature-y, outdoorsy, certainly a little weird, like a little bit of kind of like an antisocial guy. Yeah, you can tell something's going on in his head. Yeah, but he's not played as like this kind of like, just kind of like barely Fanatic. gets a sentence together. Yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah, because in the comics, he even like talks to God in his own words. Like he'll like be in his bed at, at night and just like talking and he'll be like, oh, that's like God talking. I'm like repeating what he says to yeah. me. So it's a very a very different character, but in the in the ways that are important, it's the same. Where it's that connection to Gus and yeah. like that kind of outdoorsy. But I, I this is one of those instances where I think the show actually made a, a change that I liked, making him like just kind of like and played by Will Forte. I mean, come on. Oh yeah, Will Forte was great in that. Um, but yeah, that this playing him as this uh, outdoorsy guy is a little better than just playing him as this like bunker kind of doomsday I don't know, I, prepper. I kind of dig his like whole prophecy thing because especially with that's Dr. a good Singh point when that comes up later yeah and the stuff that comes up later that does that, that is a really good tie-in yeah like he writes his own like uh scripture 
Yeah, in the show, I think they kind of changed that to be like he writes his own uh, like children's books. Yeah. That's kind of like how they flipped it. Yeah, they definitely tried to like sweeten it up a little bit or lighten it up. But the parts that are important are, are all there where it's like, you know, regardless of how, like what else this band is, like he loves his son and he's like, damn it, like you're not going anywhere. You're going to stay here safe because yeah. literally everyone out there wants you dead. <laughs> um, but he dies in issue one. Like we're only one issue in. It's just like the show. He dies very early. Um, it's a little a little darker in this one because like he just dies in bed of the sickness and yeah. then Gus like just being a kid that's very realistic though like just doesn't know what to do he's just like uh... yeah it just leaves him kind yeah, of for a while and like for a while and then he's like oh I guess I have to bury him like this is what adults do they take care of stuff you can't just let it sit yep so yeah and then plus it, it probably started to smell and he's got well, enhanced smelling <laughs> yeah yeah being a deer boy that makes it tougher oh yeah and then yes yeah, so with his dad dead he just wanders out and then runs into this deer and they kind of have this moment that's replicated well in the show where. He just, like, views, like, nature from this, like, just kind of just, like, in a vacuum, just, like, looking into the eyes of this deer. And they mm. have this moment, and then he gets shot by an arrow by these <laughs> yeah. hunters. Um, and these are the same hunters who uh, are kind of out looking for hybrids. We'll find out why later. But um, he shoots the deer and then finds Gus, holds him up by the antler. I've never seen one who can talk before. Mm-hmm. And then that's where the end of the issue ends with uh, us getting introduced to Jeopard, who just fires a, a, a bullet right through his head. And that's one thing Jeff Lemire does really well is um, showing, like, action and brutality. Oh, yeah. Um, cause yeah, like, it's very gritty. It's very simple, too. Like, in a way that, like, just gets the point across. It's just, like, this, like, one shot of a guy and then the next panel is almost the same. But then it's just, like, the, an expression on his face and then just, like, part of his head is just, like, exploding. Yeah, he's really good at drawing, like, emotions through eyes. Yeah. And that's definitely, like, one of his forte. The eyes are very this. strong. Yep. Because, like, you don't even, like, that's why I think some people, like, there's some people who complain about the art in this book, so they'll be like, the faces are rough, but I'm like, that's not what you need. Yeah, like, it's, it's a unique style. It's a like, very expressive art style. Yeah, he's not going for realism. It's a lot exactly. more, it's a lot more abstract. That's what makes it really good. I think that's why this book works so well for me, because, like, and it always helps when you have a writer and an artist be the same person, because oh, it's definitely. always, like, a very, like, pointed storytelling. And they know exactly what emotion they want to be conveying. precisely yeah yeah like the pacing is always really well and those are instances a lot i think um as well yeah um but it starts out this kind of uh sequence where jeopard is in here um and takes gus he's like well if you want to go with them you can it's just the two corpses <laughs> so, or you can go with me i got candy i got candy don't take that as creepy <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing, if you're coming into this episode because of the show, and you haven't read the comic, that's one thing that will kind of surprise you in this first arc, is Jeopard uh, is less far along in his redemption arc than he is in the show. Oh, yeah. Because in this, he is very much coming here to catch Gus, yep. and the only reason he killed those guys was to get the bounty for himself. Yep. Like, he's very much grabbing Gus under false pretenses to take him back to the sanctuary, and that's going to be the whole twist of this whole arc. Yeah, because you don't really get that impression immediately. You're like, oh, maybe he's a decent guy, and yeah. you kind of, like, just keep him safe for a little bit, but it's like, yeah, now Part <laughs> of me wishes the show, like, had the guts to do that, because that would have been such a really good twist. See, here's my worry. Like, the fact that they didn't do that, I really hope that just means they're nixing that angle because if it if it ends up being like they build this whole first season with that relationship and then later on he ends up betraying it's way Gus, too late for that, that I that's think. way too like that is a totally different character like like trait than it is no it's comic. way too late they, they've definitely skipped over it because the moment where it would have happened was when like the, um we'll talk about it when we get to uh, the show yeah and i i, I kind of heard a little bit of how it ends or like where well not even where it ends but like uh, gus like learns the truth about who he was and who he serves like very very early oh on. right right and that's pretty much where we're, that that's their interpretation of this plot line is yeah he I used suppose, to work yeah. for them but now he doesn't so yeah that's what i mean it's when not I say, as personal 
Yeah, that's what I mean when I say he's further along in his redemption arc. Like yeah. He's already learned capturing these kids is bad. Yeah. Which is fine. Like, I mean, that makes him a more likable character, certainly. Exactly. It, they, they were probably worried about him being less empathetic. That's exactly yeah. why. I mean, as a TV writer, it makes sense. Like, he's the lead character of our show. If we flip it on his head, the people are going to be like, well, Jeopard was the character I liked. <laughs> yeah, fuck that well, guy. Fuck. <laughs> I guess I'm not going to watch it anymore. Right. Yeah, no, it's definitely a... a decent enough it, it's one way to do it but fuck does it make a really 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 good twist oh like yeah issue five of this book when you're like oh shit this character who i thought was going to be the main character of the book like the, at least the main character who's not a kid yeah yeah like and now he's a, oh fuck like he just turned him over to the bad guys yeah now we have a book yeah and then the issue like issue five and because keep in mind uh, one thing to keep in mind with books like this is the pacing of indie books a lot of times indie books will be paced where they release an arc and then take like a like a TV show. They'll take yeah. a break. Yeah. So issue five after this came with like a break of like like five months. Oh wow. So like you'll read that and be like, oh fuck, <laughs> what happens? I guess I have to fucking wait. Right. So it's paced like the indie books are cool like that, where they're paced like a TV show, where there will be like, that's why they have like such good cliffhangers usually after every arc. Yeah. It's because they're like, here we go, bong. Plus, like, I feel like there's always like the nagging anxiety of like it could get canceled at any second. You so gotta you, keep. You, you kind of want to keep the thread going, but that keeps a compelling story. It's a, oh, a yeah. good motivation. Oh, man. absolutely. Yeah, stakes are always high. Right. Um. So it's a lot of this is just like Sweet Tooth and um and Jepper just kind of going through the wilderness. Just kind of like almost bonding but like i said jeopard is turns him in at the end anyway yeah but bonding enough to the point where when jeopard leaves in that final issue like when like we talked about expressive eyes from jeff lemire when you mm -hmm. see him walking away you're like oh fuck this is killing him inside yeah, yeah he knows immediately he made the mistake especially after everything we'll learn about jeopard moving on later in the book oh yeah oof and and when you find yeah. out the reason why or like what he got in return for turning over Gus, like yeah. it kind of makes him a little more sympathetic. Yeah, but I mean, but also the implication of all that you know from that, like oh, absolutely, yeah. is, like it's, <laughs> it's, it's 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 rough, it's rough territory. Yeah, but that's what makes it such a compelling book for sure. Yeah, um, the, briefly in the second issue, these uh, like people who wear the animal masks come up. These like kind of like uh, like n like new wave kind of like tribal members who mm -hmm. are like coming up th through the apocalypse. Yeah, they pretty much like own the cities. Yeah, um, they come up very briefly in the comic, but are more of a big deal in the show. It seems like, or at least come up at least for a whole sequence in yeah. the show. Um, but just an interesting concept because based on like it's the idea is like if these hybrids were the thing that caused the apocalypse, or at least that's what people thought. Yeah, people would kind of like learn to kind of like come to this like nature reclamation as kind of like a, a way of worship mm -hmm. which is kind of an interesting thought definitely yeah um there's a really good kind of like i, I hesitate to call it a last of us moment because last of us came after this book yeah um <laughs> but there's a really good moment like that where jeopard is fighting those guys and like it bleeds out and then sweet tooth is the one who saves him yeah like he drags him on the horse like i'm sorry big man but here we go like i gotta keep you alive yeah because luckily his dad taught him how to dress a wound right so, like, there's a really good sequence like that where it's, like, he's the only one keeping him alive, and then they kind of have, like, that give and take. Also, some really good foreshadowing with uh, Gus has a dream, and these dreams come up in the show, too. Mm -hmm. These, like, nature dreams, where he has this dream of this uh, this guy with, uh, kind of looks like a big game hunter, like a fox hunter, like these super rich guys. Oh, yeah. Um, with, like, this whip, and, like, a bunch of animal kids who are all dogs, like a pack of dogs. Yep. And that's going to be foreshadowing that comes for up later. later. Yep. So, that's going to be an interesting little thing to keep in mind. So a lot of this was obviously pre-plotted. A lot of this book was because oh, all these animal sure. dreams and shit hint to stuff it comes way later. Yeah. Yep. Um, and yeah, there's just a couple moments in this arc where, like, obviously, like now that we spoiled the twist of where Jeopard's going to end up, like it very much seems like 
if Jeopard, if that's all that was to him, he wouldn't have done a lot of the stuff that comes up in this first arc, like helping the the women who were being like held like prisoner by that one dude who was basically using them as, as yeah, like, uh, like sex workers, run, yeah, running a brothel. Yeah, exactly. So like Jeopard, there's no reason if he was just an, an animal kid hunter would have stepped up like that. Like, oh no, the, like Gus is getting to him, which is the moments we get. Yeah, which makes Gus sense. Is like, we gotta help him. We can't just leave him. Right. Which makes sense while we're reading it because we're just assuming Jeopard's gonna be this good guy who's gonna journey with him the whole time and yeah. it's gonna be yada yada. Yeah. But it's more. So surprising on the reread when you realize what Jeopard is where he's taking him oh yeah like Jeopard has no reason to just be like I'm fucking take the kid like just put him in chains take exactly him him. Yeah. he could have just picked him up and just ran away so like the whole time he's obviously thinking like do i turn this kid over do i turn this kid over and he does it anyway yeah so that's that's a really compelling just like reread of this arc because like especially the way issue four ends there's a really good page where uh they're just riding in the rain on the horse and Gus is talking to Jeopard, and Jeopard is very specifically not replying to him. Mm-hmm. And Gus is like, Jeopard, uh, I know you had to hurt those people back there, and like just so that, that that way those ladies could be okay. I mean, I get you had to hurt them, and I don't think that makes you a bad man, Mister Jeopard. <laughs> and Jeopard's just like, just the stone cold kid, face. Stop talking. <laughs> stop talking until we get where we're going. You'll yeah, know. You might want to hold that thought. Yeah. Oh, that's such a rough page on the reread. Because oh, yeah. re- when you're first reading it, you're like, oh, okay, there's something dark. We'll find out yeah. one day, I'm it's sure. Like, it's like, yeah, Gus is right. Like, he's he's becoming a good dude. Maybe he's getting to him. Here oh, we yeah. go. <laughs> oh, no. Because they end up, like, fighting their way all the way to the preserve, like, you know, going through all of this shit. Like, you know, was it all for nothing? And then they get to this cage, and Gus takes one look at it, and, like, his animal senses probably go off. He's like, I don't this like this place. This is a bad place, place yeah. yeah. this is a really <laughs> bad place. And that's where we get introduced to uh, Abbott for the first time. With his glasses and everything. Yep. Um, and he does not have the legendary beard in the comic, but he does no, in the show. but yes. Um, and, yeah, the, the issue ends with... Uh, Gus being taken away, like, oh, thanks for the, here's your payment. Yeah. Throws him a duffel bag, and Gus is like, Jeopard, like, you were the one person I trusted. And, like, right. like you said, expressive eyes. This is that page where it's like Gus just, like, oh, yeah. crying, like, wide eyed, like, I'm going to die today. Yeah, it's and, haunting. And Jeopard's like, oh, fuck. fuck. I'm never going to forget this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to burn in the deepest depths of hell. Yeah. And then the issue, this is the balls they have. Like, after that twist. The whole arc ends with this like flashback, like a uh, mini at the end with Jeopard kind of explaining who he is. Yep. And it's just like this flashback to him as a hockey player. The, you know, the gray hair is gone. It's just him like fighting this guy. And it's like, here's Jeopard. Even though he's in his mid 40s, he can still fight. He can't make the puck like he used to, but man, he can hit people. Right. And um, it's just him after the, after the game, like his coach is just like, Ben, what the fuck? Like, do something different. Yeah. And even the fans <laughs> are like, you're washed up. You suck. All you can do is fight. Yeah, you just come out to fight every game. Yeah. Can't do anything else. And the quote at the end is pretty good, too. It's like, um, yeah, it's like when you see antics like that, like a man who only knows how to fight, you have to be, you have to wonder if uh, Jeopard might not be done altogether, which is a great way to symbolize, like, just his fucking breakdown of his character. Yeah. Like, you might have to wonder if he's just an old man who doesn't give a shit anymore. Yeah, exactly. And that's pretty much where we leave things. Just him, like, in the locker room, just like, what am I? Like, what's the point? Yeah, it's pretty rough. And it, and that's where we'll start next week is uh, the next arc is called In Captivity. 
And it's going to be about Shepard being a sad sack of shit um, and trying to get his shit together. <laughs> Super sad. Yeah. Um, and trying to be like, well, I guess I have to be a goddamn like hero about this because I'm an asshole right now. <laughs> yeah. If so, I don't try to save this kid, like I'm never going to. No like, one's going to write about me anymore. <laughs> uh, and the next They'll arc. never we'll... pitch that show. <laughs> uh, and then the next arc we're going to get into as well. The introduction of several important characters, including Wendy and Bobby. So we'll be getting yeah. into it, as well as one character who I don't want to mention because it's going to be a spoiler for the show, which oh, they did true, not get yeah. into yet, yep. but they hinted at and actually showed. You'll see. Wait, is that get... someone I know? Yep. Okay. Huh. Oh, yeah. Well, who are these locked up kids? You know who they all are, right? Oh, right. Oh, oh, shit. Okay. Oh, oh shit they got that in the show? Oh, shit is right. Oh, damn. That's right. Okay. So we will get there. Um, but that'll be stuff we'll discuss next week uh, when we get into more of Jeopard, more of Wendy, more of uh, Bobby and Bobby. Bobby. Um, but actually, we can talk about them a little bit right now because we're about to make our transition to, if this is your first episode, uh, usually we'll talk about one arc of the comic and then talk about the related adaptations. That's what we're going to get to now. We're going to talk about the first half of the uh, Sweet Tooth show, or at least as far as you got. How many episodes did you get into the show already? Uh, I only got the last two left. Oh, okay. So you're pretty far. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll actually, let's talk about everything except the last two things. The last two are a, a handful by themselves. Okay. So the show uh, does a pretty good thing um, early on where, like I said, they... Um, have uh, Gus's dad be in the show, but have him be much more of a character in the way that, like, he has a much more personal connection to Gus. Yeah. Because, like, I, I get the character he is in the comic. It's a very believable character. There's a lot of people whose dads are just like that. Oh, yeah. Um, But I like the way he is in the show just because then you can have him show up later in, like, flashbacks and kind of, like, emotional kind of, like, dream sequences and stuff. Yeah, because the one dream sequence he has in the comic with his dad, he's, like, talking to him on, like, a stump and he's just slowly decaying. And yeah. Just, like, it's more of a horror a dream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whereas this can be a lot more of a heartfelt, like, oh shit, it's Will Forte again. Right. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's like a, uh, that's the thing is like you, these comedy actors, like a lot of them can do really, really good drama if you just let them have the oh, chance. absolutely. So yeah. this is a really good example of that. I mean, Will Forte, everyone knew that. I mean, he was in Nebraska and like almost, I think oh, yeah, he was nominated for an Oscar for that. So like. Pretty sure, yeah. Um, so like everyone yeah, people knows people have known actor, for a yeah. while, yeah. Um, but yeah, really great in this show. And like, even though like going into it, I knew how little his role was going to be. It's like, yeah. oh, he's the dad? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Yeah, because like he gets a lot of screen time in the first episode because it's all that build up of oh, sure. him, like trying to keep him safe in the woods and all that. Yeah, and then yeah, it, uh, a little bit different death. He doesn't just like die slowly of the disease because they end up getting like kind of attacked by some random hunters. Yeah, he basically goes out defending them and gets the virus from them, like the attackers who are coming from. Yeah, yeah, because okay, did he have like syringes That's of good, it? I actually didn't think about it that until yeah. you just asked me that. So it does seem like maybe he injected himself with it. Or he was or trying them? to inject the other guy and accidentally hit that's himself. A, cr a crazy way to fight people. But it, I guess that's, <laughs> the, those are the weapons he had, I guess. It's either that or the dude who attacked him was infected. And he, like. I'll be honest, if a dude's running at me with a syringe, I'm not going anywhere near oh, him. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> yeah, so I guess they're not. They kind of ditched, like, the prophecy angle. But, like, because I'm. Oh, I, I haven't gotten to it in the comic, but his. I know kind of that his dad was, like, a former scientist. So, like, yeah. That's what we need to talk about next yeah. week. Because, like I said, they jump a little bit ahead of the plot in the okay. show. Okay. So the, that's why I said we'll talk about everything except the final two episodes. Gotcha. the final two episodes is a lot about Gus's dad. That and his sense. mom. Okay. Yeah. So we'll get to that. Um, but, yeah, the, the, it sets up a lot of stuff about Jeopard, who um, Jeopard, honestly, is a little bit of an improvement from the comics, at least 
in my opinion, but it's a, it's a give and take. Yeah. Um, because they did the thing like we talked about where it's a, it, it sucks that they didn't want to do the villain arc for him because I really would have liked I liked the villain arc oh, for yeah. Shepard to begin Absolutely. with because it's a nice turn. It's an unexpected turn where you expect him to be this kind of like Joel from The Last of Us, just kind of here we go, kid. Like I protect the kids because I lost my own. Like, yeah. That kind of it's very cliche for sure. And it does a lot it of works, that cliche though. in here, but it works. It yeah. does. It, it works pretty They're well. They're tried and true like tropes. Yeah. Um. And, and they did enough with it where they made Jeopard like, you know, he used to be like a monster hunter. So there's yeah. still the, the regret there. For sure. There's yeah. still the character depth of I've been a shitty person. And in when things got the darkest, I became a shitty person. and I'll have to live with that. Yeah. So that's at least they keep that part of it. And they, they do dig into that in a, in a satisfying way. Yeah, like um, they definitely like made him a little lighter and a little less gritty. But yeah. it's still he's still pretty like hardcore like uh, gritty I and, guess. and he's a fun character to watch like, oh totally like the the second episode will instantly sell you on the character as far as like an action character too yeah because that's that all of that was none of that was from the comics that was all original like him finding that family in the oh, uh, yeah. in the, the mountains of the Yellowstone yep um, and then grabbing the bear trap and swinging it like a mace <laughs> yeah <Fucking> cool man <laughs> just lands so it cool. down on top of a dude's head I <laughs> yeah. was not expecting that oh no that was badass yeah um, so I enjoyed that uh Trying to think what else worked really well. They made really, really, really uh, fortunate decisions in. It's just the medium, knowing the medium you work in, as far as making these other human characters more of a thing early on. Yeah, yeah, because the thing with the tribe, uh, how they kind of turned it into like a group of uh, like teenagers that are super into like gaming, and they somehow have like super high tech PCs and everything. Well, I think they well, I think the thing is they there were high tech PCs and virtual reality games at this theme park. Yeah, it was oh, like one of those yeah, like yeah. arcade games you find. I don't know at, like, who's Six keeping Flags. up the maintenance on that, but it's or, impressive. Or, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> and they had bumper cars. The weird, <laughs> uh, uh, the weirdest plot hole, and I'm not a person who's going to complain about plot holes not a lot because yeah, it's yeah. a superficial complaint for but sure. There's always the times where you're like, "The fuck?" Yeah, because this is ten years, nine years after the outbreak, and I'm willing to buy that maybe they can keep a theme park working to like the parts they like. Maybe they can whatever. It looks brand new. But the one part <laughs> that really threw me off was when um, they're in the theme park and Gus is trying to find his mom, and and he oh, answered yeah. the photo and and she's like. Do some research on this. Find out who his mom is. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, do some... What is he, hacking the web? There can't be internet. They literally talked about how the internet went down. That yeah. was a the thing they talked about. Yep. What is he researching <laughs> this on? Was she... Sh- They're was, on the deep web. Was she so well known that all... The, like, he had files downloaded? Maybe. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, he was going through microfiche, like, at the library. Like, mm. how did they do that? Like, there's parts like that where they forget their own logic, but it's, like, whatever. Yeah. Like, if you're moving the plot along and you get the character stuff right, whatever. Totally. But yeah. also, I notice. I do notice. <laughs> um, but, like, having, like, Dr. Singh is a really, really great character in this show. Oh, yeah. Like, Singh is instantly one of my favorite characters from the show. And he's, like, barely in the comic until he is. Yeah, the twist, or the early twist, or kind of change they made with him where they put him in like that weird like pleasantville neighborhood that was like, a really good that, that, that was that a cool setting. that's a really cool addition a really like, cool setting yeah, yeah absolutely where it's like what what does the upper class do in the apocalypse yeah like, well they just act like everything's normal yep. yeah yeah and then set things on fire occasionally <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like it's like a weird mix of like the leftovers and uh like a weird 50s sitcom yeah it was a really cool take on like what do the super rich do like and it's like he's literally like driving his, his car or like riding horse. his horse yeah. down to the store yeah got it picked up some supplies it's just like very normal oh yeah like they're even having like house parties with like wine and like categories and stuff yeah and this is the first place they introduce so i 
I guess they did this just to make it easy, like visually. But yeah. the the trigger for like to see if someone's has the infection or the disease is like their pinky just starts twitching, twitching right before they die. Yeah, which like on and on like face level, it's like not that weird. But they use it so much, yeah. And, like it just comes up so often that it's like cheesy at a point. It's like, can we just not look at this? Yeah, it's a TV <laughs> thing. They wanted it to be like, uh oh, because they need to have some kind of visual cue of can like, you just is do someone a cough? Sick? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, that brings me to the also the really unfortunate timing of this show. Oh, yeah. Because there's... <laughs> oh, my God. There's got to be some people who watch this show, and they're watching it like, see, masks never were needed. Yep. Never needed them. <laughs> Complete mask insanity. Right. Because there's literally a scene where, like, Gus and uh, Jeopard are, like, sitting at a table just eating, and the other family is all wearing masks. Yeah. And it's meant to be like this, oh, they're overly paranoid. They think they're going to cause the sickness. <laughs> I know. And, like, in the... Con- Context of just Sweet Tooth. Oh, yeah. Totally fine scene. It makes perfect sense. They're scared of the hybrids, whatever. Yeah. Like, it makes sense to me. But also, given the context of everything else that happened in the year of 2020 and 2021 so far, yeah, yeah. I'm watching that scene going like, oh, no. Yeah, because oh, Je- no. Jeopard, I think he's uh, just basically- Even as a line, he's like, come on, take your masks off. Yeah, because he's, ba- <laughs> he's basically like, like, it's nine years since the outbreak. Like, it, it's obvious that some people are immune. Like, I've never gotten it. Like, you can take your masks off. It's just such unfortunate timing. Like, For sure. that's all very, very built into Sweet Tooth. That's that's all oh, yeah. stuff. Like, they didn't make that up for the current events or anything. This is all Sweet Tooth. Yep. It's just such bad timing. I know. And yeah, because then uh, with like the, the weird rich neighborhood, anytime someone's pinky starts shaking, they bust out the test kit. And if you test positive, they they uh, plastic wrap you to a chair right. and burn you alive in your own home. Right. <laughs> so like there's like uh, it all makes sense. that They're all really good scenes given the context of what we have. But like, oh, totally. It's just, you got to make sure you're watching this show with the right people because if there's someone, there's a per- type of person who could watch this show and be oh, like, yeah. do you see, this is what happens <laughs> when the paranoia of the disease goes wrong. You, you're tied up in your house and you get burnt alive just because you didn't want the vaccine. I'm like, no, that's not the point. Yeah. You're missing the point, This Joe. is what happens when, when you get tested. This is what they want. Damn it, Joe, you're not allowed to watch Sweet Tooth anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with a mask. Yeah, so... I mean, get vaccinated. It's not going to turn you into a hybrid kid, I promise you. No, definitely not. <laughs> Go get your vaccine, you dumb shit. No, you didn't hear. We're all dropping dead this fall. <laughs> it, it's a, just a slow trigger. Oh, people are dumb. Yeah. Damn just, it. just believe it's science, damn it. I, I miss the days when you could just watch a show about a, a deadly disease, and it would be totally hunky-dory. Yeah, dude, pandemic like and like disease pandemic and kinda, fiction any kind is in of a rough media. place right now yeah i already saw there's like a, a few video games even that are coming out that are like pandemic and like i, I mean there already <laughs> was but it's just gonna be That's, totally I feel, I feel so bad for anyone who had like a, a completed script in 2019 <laughs> right like 2019 i finally finished it it took me 20 drafts yeah but i have the draft of the deadliest disease known to man <laughs> <laughs> it's my new horror film <laughs> i mean it could still work i mean michael bay is coming out with a freaking coronavirus movie already hey well, that's the thing. I think that's actually for horror, especially. That's kind of the way that all of history has been. I, I did yeah, a horror class in college, that. which was yeah. all about how every horror villain that's popular throughout every decade in history has always been a reflection of what society's afraid of. Oh yeah. So what's in the zeitgeist? We're in we're in the zeitgeist of a bunch of contagion themed horror movies. Yeah. And you know what? I'm in for it. There's going to be a flood of as it as long as they have the right message. 
Yeah, oh yeah, totally. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if but you want to actually know half of them aren't gonna. If you want to actually mine in and exploit my human fear and exploit me for that and make me feel terrified. Oh yeah. Awesome. Yeah, for That's sure. That's what I get into horror movies for. Yep. Exploit me, daddy. And but then, also <laughs> Exactly. If you're gonna go into it going no mask nonsense. <laughs> yeah, if the if the message be of rough. the movie is to like not believe in science when a pandemic hits, like, yeah. don't do that. And don't get me wrong, I don't think that's what Sweet Tooth is doing. No, no, no. It's just it's there's some unfortunate lines where I think even the writers if a they lot could of, go back yeah. and watch it, they'd be like, ooh, I would have changed that line if I knew what everything or what all this was gonna be. <laughs> yeah, because anyone could interpret their own way at any point. Because yeah, so this was being filmed in like probably early twenty twenty. Oh, yeah. I have to imagine. I'm just or guessing. Late 2019, but, even. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah, where it was like the pandemic was like, this will be a quick thing, I'm sure. Whatever. Yeah. Let's just keep doing the show we wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it's a, it's a, in an unfortunate spot, but yeah. Um, some other things the show did well. So Sing is really, really great. That's a, a character they added early on, which benefited greatly. Yeah, and they def- they started way earlier because in the comics, when he's introduced, he's already like years into like doing the hardcore testing yeah he's already full-on mad scientist yeah. and justify the means you're already there yep whereas they did a very very good job doing like a character study of what turns a character into that exactly yeah like that it was a really good like because with the way they pitched sing throughout even the whole first season like there's even some flashbacks to him as like a young man where it's like this is an honorable man with principles yep. yeah for it's sure like, Holy shit, what happened to him? Yep. Like, that's why Sing might even be my favorite character from the show in a vacuum. Oh, yeah. Because Sing is so well fucking done. Yeah, totally. Like, I mean, Abbott's great just for like the cartoon pulpy. Just he's a great like, villain. Here yeah. we are. Yep. Like, <laughs> he, he, he's got that one punch of just comic book cartoonishness that mm-hmm. the show needs for sure. To just like give it that sense of brevity, yep. or else it's just gonna go into like this too serious Last of Us Valley of just despair. Exactly. Where it's like you need Abbott to walk in with his boots and his glasses, be like, "Here we are, gents." <laughs> exactly. Because that's just gonna make the payoff of Abbott versus Jeopard that much better. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's someone who's like needs his glasses punched. Yeah. In. This this yeah. guy's gonna have like the most punchable face by the end of it for sure and also the show does a really good job of pitching like sing like because you we know that he is this character like who has principles he's not a child killer yeah like every part of that reaches like grabs him by the soul and chokes him so like it leads you to that to that theory of like what's going to happen with him yeah like, where is he going to turn when and he inevitably inevitably runs into gus and and wendy and and and, and bobby like, yeah, what's going to happen? And then you kind of get a connection of like how Sing, or at least show wise, how Sing got like hooked up with Abbott. Yeah. And like how that just exacerbated the turn down, like the, in a really the great meeting of characters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because uh, yeah. his, uh, we, I guess we didn't talk about that, but Sing's wife has uh, the disease, but somehow he is found. A way to like give her like more accurately injections. the doctor who he took over for oh, her yeah, yeah. found a, uh, a, a not a cure but a treatment yeah a treatment and it's a treatment caused by fluids from a live yeah. kid yeah which so he didn't know about for a while right he didn't yeah. know for a while but now that he's in charge of the sickness he has to make <laughs> this cure to keep his wife alive yeah. That, so the doctor that was giving it to him all those years just never told him where she got it or how she made it. And then when she retires, she just hands him a notebook. It's like, here's all the secrets. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you'll have to kill children. Good luck. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, I, well, I guess if you're terminally ill, it's okay. Oh, I'm not. I'm lying. But goodbye. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> yeah, they made her. Uh, and, and she was a really interesting character who only showed up in two episodes. Yeah, yeah. Because even basically two scenes, that's a really great sign of a good character when all you need to know about them is one decision they made. Yep. And that tells you everything you need to know about the character. Yeah, because the second the second time you see her after she like leaves and hands off the reins to sing is like 
uh, Abbott shows up at her house and she ha- and she's that's hiding twist. a yeah. bunch of hybrid kids that she stole from the lab, and that's why they didn't get their sh- their shipment. And that's why she quit. She lied about the terminal illness because she oh, couldn't right. deal with the guilt yep. anymore. Yep. Like that's all you need to know about the characters. Like she was this scientist, and then she just one one time she did this, and she was like reached her limit. No cure is worth this. And yep. She quit, and yeah. she lied about a terminal illness, or else she knew she'd be shot. Yep. Um. And so that's and, and that's all we know about the character. But that already like fills in the blanks of like you could write a whole story about that character. Totally. Like yeah. that's like this show does a really good job with that of just painting a picture of someone super quickly through one decision or through one kind of act. Oh, like, totally. Characters speak through their actions in the show, and they don't just tell you what they think. That's a really good thing they do. Yeah. There's not a lot of like. Uh, Words or actions that monologues. Just throw away. The show has no monologues. Not it's really. Always, no. Like besides the narrator. Yeah, yeah. But that's his job. Oh, totally. Yeah. But like all the characters, they speak through their actions, and like you just watch them do things, and just look on their face after it happens. Yeah. It does a really good job of pitching that. That's why it's such a bingeable show. Yeah. Because you're just like, I don't know what's going to happen. These characters react to things, and I learn more about them through that. That's good writing. Oh, totally. So that's, that's where you go. So yeah, no, they do it really well. I, I think uh, everyone should watch this show. I think it's. Uh, I was worried about it at first because I thought it reminded me of like they were trying to sell it as this Netflix just kind of here we go kids. It's a wild yeah. adventure for yeah. fun, like fantasy, like oh, like, like wild where the and wild weird. things are. Here exactly, we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they definitely t- like toned it down on like the grittiness and like the the bleakness of an apocalypse. But it, it's still it's still very. You rough. don't lose anything though. I don't no, think, no, I don't not think at you all. need like. We're out of bullets. Save oh, no. one for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> we don't need that. We don't need to see yeah. Jeopard like blowing people's heads into pieces, like, right? At point blank, like that. You can throw that the away. The bear trap swinging's enough. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah, like you don't. In like they don't show like a like a shit ton of blood flying everywhere, but yeah. like you could still like you don't need it's it. It's still yeah. something you can work with. You don't need it because they the brutality comes from Sing going like. Is this worth the cure? Exactly, it's, yeah. It's like moral kind of brutality, which yeah. is where the real kind of conflict and the real meat of the bone They kind of do that uh, a lot in like subtle ways. It's done really well where it, it's like a, a classic, really good trait in a, in a good horror movie where sometimes the things that are scarier are the things you don't see. Precisely. Which is like what they are... They use a lot as a, like a technique to tone it down but it actually works incredibly well they never even like except for one line that i noticed they never even specifically tell you that what they, they that do they, that the cure requires they don't even tell you specifically that the cure requires live children being taken yep. and experimented on yeah it's, they kind of drag you along a little bit it's just implied yeah by like him looking at the notes and being like oh and then there's like a drain at the bottom of the floor yeah and like then there's like a box with the biohazard thing and they never like, spell the anything super super far out and that's no, yeah. a thing the show does really well absolutely to yeah. kind of just make things horror wise without making it too explicit yep for like, sure because it's a crutch you don't need if you're a good writer yeah you know, so definitely I think that that's done really well. It makes me excited for season two. I hope it comes out relatively soon, but who knows? Yeah, and I I would imagine it would get picked up. That's the tough part about these Netflix shows. You binge it all, and you're like, well, fuck. Yeah, exactly. It's been two days. Yep. So (laughs) maybe Lock and Key. That's the next Netflix uh, comic book show. That should be soonish. You would hope so, but we'll find out. Yeah, we'll see. That'll be it for our Sweet Tooth coverage for now. Again, we didn't want to get too far into the comic because, like we said, the pacing is way different. And yeah. if we t- even even talking about Volume 2, we're going to get into some stuff that's going to spoil some show stuff. So yeah. if you want to skip over the section of next week for the comic, I would understand. If you want to just go right to the show stuff, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. We leave timestamps if you want to do that. But we'll be getting into it. If you want to learn more about Bobby... That's how I'll that's how I'll sell it to you. <laughs> next week's gonna be a Bobby episode. Yeah, if you're a Bobby stand, like that's the episode. And for you. Bobby, <laughs> be here next week if you like Bobby. Oh yes. All right, but that's where we're gonna end it. So join us next week for more uh, Sweet Tooth, and then the the or sorry, in two weeks for more Sweet Tooth. I gotta get used to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the next Fortnite. 
Oh, God, no. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that word is ruined. Join us next week for more Fortnite. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>